1: This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Hello everyone, my name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan. We are coming to you on the morning of Thursday, August 11th. We are a mere hours away from the Field of Dreams game between the Cubs and the Reds. Cody, Luke, and Ryan, who is going to be in Iowa, will have the special pregame show for you at 5.30, so don't miss that. But before that, Brendan, we have a series with the Nationals we to do. discuss, and it is another series victory. So the Cubs go 4-2 and two on this homestand. They win both series, and they are coming into Iowa red Hot, Brendan. Look at that.
0: You know, they're only, what, 15 games back of the division, Corey? So just keep winning more games. And you never know where they're going to be in three weeks.
1: Is this like one of those gimmick things? Like, if they win this game in the mm-hmm. cornfield tonight, is it worth like 10 wins? I or, think it or should be. No? I
0: think it should be. Right. This yeah, is let's opinion. get a
1: little like XFL on this. Yeah. Like, why just not? gimmick gimmick the hell out of it. Make it, it right? interesting. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll run that by Theo in the commissioner's office. But. <laughs> Um, this was a, a nice series, Brendan. We've we've got a bunch to talk about since you and I last spoke. Uh, the Cubs have laid out a pretty specific plan for Jason Hayward. Uh, I know you know it's been talked about on the CHGO Cubs live shows on YouTube, uh, but that is is certainly news. Frank Schwindel has been optioned down. Franmil Reyes has joined the fold. Mm-hmm. So. Plenty going on here, and that'll continue as as the Cubs will likely make some more roster moves going forward here. Um, but just you know, before we jump into this series with the Nationals, you tweeted something on Wednesday that I thought was it, 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 it definitely something I'm looking forward to in this field of dreams game, and that is that we have never, at least to my recollection, uh, we have never had Pat Hughes on the radio painting us a picture of a baseball game going on in the middle of a cornfield on a historic movie site. Look at that. Imagine the sun setting, Pat
0: describing it. You got the corn in the back scene. I mean, it's going to be a beautiful setting. They should put Pat's voice and remaster the movie of Pat describing the scene.
1: That's wow. what they should do. I'm into that. But yeah, like that—that that is one of the things I'm particularly looking forward to. The broadcast was a lot of fun last year. The, the quality of the game was also really good. Not only was it two good teams at the time, the Sox and the Yankees, uh, but the game was incredible. Uh, with both teams, I think hitting homers off the other's closer, you know, late inning relievers, mm-hmm. and Tim Anderson walking it off—that was fun. Uh, so I, I don't know if the Cubs and Reds are going to be able to match that. I don't know if a battle for last place in the NL Central really, like, you know, hits that same note. But uh, it was a very nice scene. It was a cool presentation on the broadcast last year, and I am all for getting some kind of new perspective on pat hughes right like it's a historic really interesting scene uh this game and that mm-hmm. is uh, it, you, it's like it's like playing t-ball i think for pat it it is set up on a tee for him to just hit an absolute home run of a radio broadcast and
0: he has those uniforms the throwbacks he gets to oh, describe yeah. look at that man he presented got the, by benjamin moore I know. yes you got the navy blue hats the old school logo is going to be beautiful
1: Yes, absolutely. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that aside, uh, we can get into the Cubs and Nationals. We'll run through these games real quick uh, and set the table here. On Monday, it was a 6-3 to win for the Cubs. Keegan Thompson picks up his ninth win of the year. Six innings, five hits, one earned, no walks, three strikeouts, A good bit of hard contact, but, you know, sometimes that's the way it goes and you get it to find a glove, limited the hits, limited the runs. Uh, He does give up one homer, but that is the lone run. So you'll take that all day, especially without putting any free base runners on. 3.36 ERA for Mm -hmm. Keegan Thompson on the year. Michael Rucker had a nice inning of work here. We'll talk about him a little bit. He had a nice series. Rowan Wick uh, picks up his fifth save in an inning of work, gives up just one hit. No walks, two strikeouts. He has been really good lately, so we're going to dive into him a little bit. Uh, It's been a nice stretch for Rowan Wick. The Cubs getting their run on Monday via a Nelson Velasquez home run, his 6th, Christopher Morel home run, his 10th, Nico Horner with an RBI single, Wilson Contreras with an RBI single and Seiya Suzuki an RBI sack fly. On Tuesday, it was the Cubs lone loss in the series 6 to 5. The Cubs put up a four-run seventh inning on the strength of seven singles in the frame, uh, but they would immediately relinquish that lead in the top of the eighth, as Brendan and anyone who's been listening to he and I for any period of time know my least favorite thing in the game of baseball is when uh, the Cubs come back, cut a lead, take a lead, some sort of big inning, and the pitching gives it right back yeah. as quickly as they possibly can. So uh, this was a start from Marcus Stroman. He was okay, I think is fair to say. Five innings, five hits, four runs, two walks, six strikeouts. Uh, The runs all coming on two home runs from Ruiz on the Nationals. Uh, Other than that, he was pretty good, but all told, uh, just, you know, sort of an okay day, I think, for Marcus Stroman. Uh, Mark Leiter Jr. does take the loss, which is typical, Brennan. We talked about how he had been better as a reliever, and yeah, Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Happens. Um, I should note just a little factoid. Marcus Stroman, uh, you'd probably like it to be better, but it's funny at the moment. Uh, his ERA right now, Brendan, 420. Look at that. Look at that. Pretty there high. There go. Pretty high. Too high, maybe. It probably but higher than you'd like. Higher than you'd like. Correct. Higher yeah. than you'd like. Yeah. Um, the Cubs got their runs on Tuesday. Uh, in the second, a Suzuki hit his ninth home run of the year, and then in the seventh, it's a bunch of RBI singles: one from Rafael Ortega, one from Wilson Contreras, one from Franmil Reyes, and one from Nico Horner. Nico Horner was not done with the offense. No, he was not. This series Mm. on Wednesday the Cubs picking up the rubber match win and the series win on the strength of another really good start from Justin Steele six innings eight hits two runs no walks and nine strikeouts he gives up one home run his ERA sits at 3.63 Another strong inning of work and a clean inning for Michael Rucker in relief there. He picks up his first win of the year. Actually, Brandon Hughes with a solid two-thirds innings of work, a strikeout and a walk. And then Rowan Wick picks up another save, an inning and a third of work, just one hit, no walks, and two strikeouts. The Cubs getting their runs on Wednesday via a Nico Horner home run. Brendan seventh of the year. Nick Madrigal with an RBI single, Rafael Ortega a sack fly, and Ian Happ an RBI single. So that is all that she wrote. Uh, one thing I want to note is uh, I think you and I could talk about Rafael Ortega and why he's still leading off uh, in all of these games and playing every day and yada yada. I On Tuesday night, I did the post game with Luke Stuckmeyer, uh, which was a, a real you know, pleasure for me, by the way. Um, but we talked about that kind of at length. So if you go to the podcast feed, the episode on Tuesday or the YouTube channel uh, and watch that live, we kind of talked about that at length. So I don't want to delve too much into that. Uh, again, uh, the long story short is he let off three games in this series, and that doesn't make a lot of sense at nope, this point. It right? But to start, Brendan, you and I have talked about Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson a ton. So we don't have to get too much into, like, what they're doing and how they're doing it because I think you've broken that down pretty succinctly for everybody a lot. I I do – I always am going to pause to note, though, like the Cubs won two games in this series, and both of them were from quality starts from pitchers they developed, came up through their system, their guys. Both of them have an ERA – that is 3.6 or lower, that's really
0: cool. It's really cool. And two of those guys, Steele and Thompson, they're doing this while also adapting. Keegan throwing more pitch types, Justice Steele causing and inducing more whiffs. So they're having success because of legitimate reasons and not fluky
1: reasons. It has been pretty much... Uh, one of the top developments we were watching in the preseason. It just you know, feels not good. Even,
0: Corey. Right? Yeah, like not even while. knowing,
1: like, are they going to be starters the whole time? Are they going to relieve a little bit? Like, what exactly is their plan here? And they have been starting. You know, yep. Keegan did a little bit of both. Yep. Uh, but they they got this opportunity, and boy, like— you know, you've still got a, a little while in this season left, but these are two of your members well, of the 2023 rotation. Think, I don't think there's any question about that.
0: Think about what we were talking about in late April, May with Keegan Thompson. Like you and I said, we would like to see Keegan remain in the bullpen, right? Because that multi inning role. Was so valuable. Even David Ross said that when he made the move to right. put Keegan in the rotation, he's going to miss that multi-inning role. the The conversation by Keegan has changed so much. The advance of multiple pitch types, the demeanor. I don't think even his manager expected this, Corey.
1: Yeah, and it will, and that's also such a a testament to the work that Keegan has done that we. Not that we didn't think he could succeed as a starter, but he was so good in that relief role that we were almost scared to lose it. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm just going to go be really good in the other role too. Like, whatever role you put me in, I'm just going to be really good. Like, that's a a real testament to him and the work that he's put in. Um, So staying on those two guys, one, one question that, you know, maybe we haven't talked too much about with Justin Steele is... The, the the strikeouts a really lot, ticking a up lot in these last couple starts. Now, he struck out nine guys on July 4th against the Brewers, eight guys on the 23rd of June against Pittsburgh, and then he had those two starts back-to-back against the Arizona Diamondbacks in May, where he struck out 19 guys combined in those two starts. That's what he did in his last two starts here against the Nationals In this series, and then uh, the ten strikeouts against the Marlins on August fifth. So my question is: He firstly impressive in this National Series that he was able to go six innings, right? I think it was ninety-four pitches, so he was pretty efficient for striking out nine guys. But I'm curious where where is this increased strikeout number coming from? Because the other Mm -hmm. thing that he has done in these last uh, three starts. For Justin Steele, one of the other things we've been monitoring since the beginning of the year, one walk against the Giants, one walk against the Marlins, no walks here against the Nationals. So he's going a little deeper into some of these games, but but what, what is driving this strikeout rate in these last couple starts? So there's a lot of factors
0: going on, but I, I think generally you can take a step back and see two obvious changes recently. The first change is that he's going up in the zone with this fastball more often than what we saw back in June when John Lester was rumored to have talked with David Ross about nudging Steele to go down and in to right-handed batters. That, at the time, allowed Steele to limit the hard contact, which was great. He actually started to have more success as that happened. Recently, though, he started to go up and away with his fastball, with precision. The command has been really good throwing those fastballs up in the zone. And even today when he had those uh, multiple strikeouts and he had 10 whiffs with his fastball, he still threw it down into right-handed batters, but he still also went up uh, on top of the zone way more often than, than he was previously in the past six to eight weeks here. So that's the first change up in the zone. The second change that might be associating with that elevated location is is his spin rate. So early on in April and May, he was spinning fastballs around 2,300 rotations per minute. And then right now in the past, what is this, four or five stars, he's around 2,600 RPMs or rotations per minute. So that's a pretty noticeable increase. And that is one of the predictive factors for generating whiffs with your fastball. Also too, the commands, the ability to go up in the zone, the elevated recent spin rate, this may be kind of the accumulation of all of his effort over the last year. There was a great uh, article posted on on uh, Bleacher Nation by a friend of the podcast, uh, Brian Smith, noting that Justin Steele has been working to change his four-seamer from last season. And the change that they made was making this four-seam more like a cutter. And it has rising cutting action. Kind of unique. It likely won't be predictive for whiffs because those types of pitches are so rare. So it's hard to predict the efficiency of those pitches. But at least right now, it appears as if Steele is really finally dialing in on his fastball. And so spin rate location up in the zone and and confidence corey he's he's starting every fifth day he's feeling himself
1: yeah love the work uh from him and keegan it's it's very exciting and uh you know as we talked about a lot like you continue to kind of go into next year and believe that there's another level there to kind of kick things into another gear for these guys so that's going to be really exciting um I, I mean, we might as well just talk about Nico, right? I mean, I was you, waiting. for Do you, you want to talk about Nico Horner a little I bit? I want to talk
0: about Nico Horner. We boy, could. Thanks, if thanks we for asking. To.
1: Yeah, let's do um, it. Yeah. So you know, another nice series for Nico. One yeah. for three with an RBI and a walk on Monday. Two for five with an RBI in the game on Tuesday, and then in the finale on Wednesday, Nico goes two for four with an RBI. Uh, that coming on his seventh home run of the year. he's got a 111 WRC plus right now mm-hmm. uh, a 331 weighted on base average. Yep. He's got a straight up 300 batting average which you know if that's still your jam is I like that average that's, that's, that's the magic number right yeah. He's at 300 you know for a contact guy that's that's what you're looking for. Yep. Uh, as of me speaking this right now, he is a flat three win player. And we are not even in the middle of August yet. Oh, man, Corey, look at this. We have a starting shortstop
0: who's worth three war, not even halfway through August, as you said. Now, if you look at the projections, he's projected at this point to hit 10 home runs this season, Corey. 10 home runs. This exceeds many people's expectations. I know it exceeds our expectations, and this is a testament to his Hard work. And he's doing this all while being the best defensive shortstop in the league. So they have a lot of decisions to make in the offseason how to improve the team. There's a lot of quality shortstops on the market. I'm fine going out and getting a quality shortstop. Uh, of course, Nico is going to be playing at like almost every day, presumably a second base. But the intention is if you sign one of these shortstops, uh, over time, they're going to age faster than Nico, given they're older already. Nico should be a shortstop for this team long term, uh, even if they go out and sign a shortstop, like Xander Bogarts. I think that's the ultimate goal, and we're getting to a points now, given some of the sample sizes, hopefully the continued success, where, as I said earlier in this month and even last month, I want to get to a point when we're talking about Nico's extension in a serious way, because he has multiple team. Control years left, uh, arbitration coming up, but let's lock them up. This is the type of attitude the hard worker, the, the leader, and the profile they've been searching for for years. Corey. So this to me makes so much sense. And again, I want to see him finish the full year. It's not saying, oh, extend Nico right now. Finish the full year. Hopefully we're having this conversation
1: in seven, eight weeks. You wouldn't have thought he would hit double digit home runs, would you? No, man. And he hasn't yet, but he's, he's close.
0: No, I mean, to be fair, going into the year, Nico was so unpredictable, right? He never played consistent shortstop. We were always assuming that the increased arm strength from last season that we saw would carry over, but we didn't know. And he didn't hit a home run for like three years going into this season. So how can you confidently project Nico to be good? And he's been injured as well. Unfortunately, not because of his own fault, but because of some fluke things. So of course not. You could not have projected Nico to do this well
1: yeah it's uh it's been a pleasure to watch and interesting to see how he's kind of moved around the order as well uh you know lately Ross has had him kind of in that middle back end portion of the order we've seen him at the top at times um long term like looking at the way this bat is like where do you see him if we're envisioning a, a really good Cubs team a really good offense what what type of position in the order do you see that bat playing as
0: yeah, I mean the thinking is he would be an above average bat, maybe a WRC plus around league average to 105 at his peak. I mean, you know, plus 110. It depends what they do with the rest of the roster. I think if they go out and improve this, the the team substantially offensively, uh, you know, it's possible he falls out of the top five of the order, which is fine. Um, now, if they go out and they make marginal improvements depends on what they want out of the the leadoff spot. But if you can hit for high average like plus 300 and continue to improve some of that play discipline, you can bat leadoff as well. And that might... Allow Ross to do things uh, on the base pass on that nine spot in the order, more hit and run, depending on how they work that out. Okay, quick break here from our sponsor, PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content and You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CH Geo Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CH Geo Locker, all for making more than a $50, dollar first time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at lchgo.com and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. See an edge in the game you're watching is your favorite team prime for a comeback. Don't just watch that game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now and use code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Our second sponsor here is a product I've been using consistently recently, uh, almost daily. This is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to get a good start to my day, something that starts my day with complete nutrition. And I said this, I keep saying it, but I don't want to have a big meal, like a big breakfast in the morning. So I've been taking AG1. Now I've been on it for you know, what is it, two months and I love it. I like the way it tastes. It's not that like super healthy, like Flintstone vitamin type, chalky, citrusy taste. It actually tastes pretty good and it is kind of citrusy, which which I enjoy. So what is this stuff? It's just one scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. I get a noticeable boost of energy throughout my day as I take this first thing in the morning. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, or dairy-free, you are all good to go with AG1. When you do so, you're investing in the all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than $3 a day. It's recommended by professional athletes and has more than 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and your and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash chgocubs. Again, that is athleticgreens.com athleticgreens.com/backslash slash chgo cubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance
1: all right brennan so i i mean i i suppose we could talk about nico for the rest of the podcast i thought we I, were i i think no that wasn't no. in the, the rundown i thought, that we, I thought we agreed about. to okay that's fine next I, week i think i missed that um yeah. but next week um <laughs> i i do want to touch on nick madrigal a little bit um, he had a nice series. He only, he, he only plays in two of the three games here. He doesn't play in the game on Tuesday with Christopher Morel playing second base. Uh, but in the game on Monday, he goes over one with two walks, which is interesting because he's you know, coming into the, year are not someone who walked very much. And then in the game on Wednesday, he goes two for three with an RBI. Uh, one of those hits being a double. So, you know, it's only a couple games, right? Uh, but in you, you kind of uh, see in this series a little bit more of the version of him, I think, that you were expecting, right? Yeah, I would think so.
0: I mean, in his career, he's a 292 hitter, batting average. It's not bad. His isolated power, his ability to slug is in the bottom second percentile of the league, and that's going to hurt him. But he's one of those guys that has a Nico-esque profile. Nico, at this point, is likely going to slug for way more power. So Nico has moved upon that. But the thinking going— Nico
1: right now feels like—correct me if I'm wrong—he feels like the sort of peak version of— Oh my God. What you could even hope for from Madrigal, if you could even hope that. Yeah, I I would say that. But just from that kind of contacty profile.
0: Contacty profile. So Nico has a 91% contact rate. Nick Madrigal's career contact rate, Corey, 91%. So they're very, very, very similar. Madrigal may have slightly better plate discipline in terms of his chase rate, but that's negligible when you compare him to, to, to Nico. So you know, the thinking is if Madrigal can hit for a high average, he can be an above average hitter, Corey, even like last year. I'm not defending like Madrigal, right? But just throwing it out there. Last year, 215 plate appearances. He had a 335 Woba. That was a 113 plus WRC plus. A 215 plate appearance sample is not small. He's a career uh, 95 WRC plus guy, despite this year being a 51 WRC plus guy. So, you know, he has that unique bat the ball skill. He has a 70 out of 80 hit tool by several scouts, right? So I understand the process. It's not to say I want the process to continue. You see how this team needs to improve. And one of the re- one of the areas is in the infield and one of the areas is at second base. And you do that through signing a shortstop or getting a different second baseman and keeping Nico at shortstop, right? So it's going to be kind of hard to see where Magical fits in, uh, and he needs to hit really well here in the last seven weeks right. in order to substantially change the outlook for this team.
1: Yeah, it, it is an interesting case. And I think, you know, obviously him coming back uh, from injury and, you know, struggling when he was up earlier in the year, it's not surprising that Ross has uh, used him in this series especially you know towards the bottom of the lineup and you know even if he were able to really get going I think you know having a, a contact heavy bat toward the bottom of the lineup um, when you have some other guys that can make good contact already hitting up in the front of the lineup I, I think that's fine uh, but it is a good point that you bring up like it, it's going to be an interesting thing to follow because Nick is not the best defender and um, no. He's he's like maybe what average at best. It's, it's even right? hard
0: to tell, right? Because the sample is so small, and he can he can only yeah. feasibly play second base. He's not right. flexible.
1: Like I don't I don't think he's awful, but he, I would definitely not call him a good defender. Right. Um, you just
0: got in the too, so you have more competition.
1: Right. But but even looking at next year, right? Like even if they. If they do play in that big pool of those, you know, middle infield free agents, like where does Nick fit in there? You know, because you're likely you have even some candidates uh, on this team already. And especially, you know, if you made some changes in the offseason or give some younger guys some opportunities, like DH is not a spot where you want a soft hitting contact guy, especially right? if
0: you want to keep Wilson in this team on this team right that and we DA don't know spot. if they do but if they yeah. do right and the price is there that might be a, a realistic possibility
1: right so it, it is it's an interesting situation um you know now at the same time madrigal is not a guy that is you know on some massive pricey contract Um, you know, he still has options, so he's got that flexibility. He's, you know, not even arbitration eligible until 2024. So, you know, having him around as a a depth guy, if that's where it gets to, I, I guess the reason we're talking about this is that it, you know, right now he really has to hit to justify that, that second base spot. Right. And even and then, is, not, it, is, it an, is it enough? He has to go on. That's the question. Right? He has to like go on in a, in on a hypothetical sense. In a hypothetical sense, let's say the Cubs really are going to, like Ken Rosenthal said, they're going to play in that big pool. If you have the opportunity to move Nico to second base for a year or two because Carlos Correa wants to play shortstop and then eventually he'll move to third, Nico's back at short yeah. from the duration of that contract you're going to do that and whatever happens to nick madrigal happens to nick madrigal right like who cares at that point um the other thing and this actually goes back to keegan and and steel one of the things uh i i saw floating around uh Twitter today. I think it got posted by the Behind the Yellow Line podcast, which is co-hosted by friend of the podcast, Randall J. Sanders on Twitter. follow, by the way. Yes, Uh, and they had pointed out that I think Keegan and Justin were the recipients of one of the lower outs against average from their defense behind them. Just Mm. in their particular starts, they've gotten bad defense behind them is basically the, you know, the long story short of the statistic. Um, the the 2016 Chicago Cubs who won the World Series won the World Series yeah did so with one of if not the best rated defense of all time right that's not what we've seen from this team on the whole this year when they go and make changes in this offseason if you are going to spend big time money you're going to start graduating these prospects their jet is going to put together a good defense. I, I would bet a lot of money on that. So where does Nick Madrigal fit into that? These are all questions to kind of ask. But, you know, you do want to see him get going because, uh, again, arbitration eligible in 2024 still has options. And we saw throughout that last Cubs era in that run, there were a lot of times where they desperately needed guys who could just make contact and hit for a high average, and they could not produce those guys. So if Nick Madrigal can be that guy, even in the long term, and even if the numbers don't jump off the page, and even if he's not your starting second baseman of the future, right. there's there's still value in there if you can get it right. Brendan, I, I do wonder, though, like, should he be talking to Nico? Where Nico found this seven home run power, should he be talking to Nico about how to— Yes. also get that power is it athletic greens i i it don't might, know it might it be. might is, be is
0: it owen you never know i think i think magical needs to just spend the off season with nico do exactly what nico is doing same breakfast same lunch same dinner same routine that's the way to do it
1: that's the way you know but it was nice to see good to see that he's taking walks you know that's that's something at any time a player can integrate that into their game that's good and i think it also is a good counterbalance to why he was struggling in this first portion with the cubs he's making a ton of contact but a lot of it was on not good pitches and the contact was not good right which usually means you're not swinging at the best pitches sometimes but making contact anyway so Take those walks and then hopefully you have more games like Wednesday where you get an extra base hit, you have an RBI, like things look a little better that way. Um, I do want to talk about Rowan Wick, Brendan. Um, He has been a lot better lately. He's got six saves now. He is obviously the guy that the Cubs have chosen to get that first crack uh, at the highest of leverage innings after they traded the entirety of their back end of the bullpen. Um, And, you know, I know a lot of people have been, you know, wavering in their kind of frustration with Rowan uh, just because he did not have a good beginning of the year, um, was sort of up and down in, in performance last year as well. Um, but you know, he, he's another guy where he's arbitration eligible next year. He still has an M a uh, a minor league option and he's not a free agent until 2026. So as you're building this team going forward, like Rowan should likely be a part of that unless you decide to non-tender him, uh, no, you know, not tender not him a happen. contract. Uh, but as we always kind of say, like, if you're wondering what the budget is and who they're going to spend on this, that, and the other, like the more of those pieces you can, uh, find in that way the better so it's good to see him trending in the right direction
0: yeah the stuff has always been there for rowan even some of the ability to throw towards the edges of the plate has been there this season as well It's just been two hit or miss when he misses it's like dead center and when he's on he's on the edges so because of his ability to have thrown towards the edges at an above league average rate with an above league average spike curveball and an above average four seam rising fastball my thinking was there is a good chance he can turn things around uh it's not always the case for a lot of guys sometimes they just for whatever reason can't get that command consistent and the missing is just too much dead center wick has figured it out that has been an improvement over the last 11 innings now and you're seeing the benefits of having good stuff a benefit of having a rising four seam and a benefit of having a great spike curveball. And his ability, his template for success, I think could be extended towards other guys as well, even like Kevin Castro, who used to be a catcher as well, kind of like Rowan Wick, who has an over the top release point, has a spike curveball. Tommy Hadavy has had success with those two pitch types, of course it's encouraging. It's not surprising at all. I know like Wick got a lot of heat over the course of the season. I think it's fair, too. Uh, The expectations were high. The bullpen, going into the year, although we do trust the bullpen, you just never know with some of these older signings, Wick didn't perform up to standards. And now he's doing it. And now he's going to get those higher leverage possibilities. and I think because of that, I, I think like the adrenaline might be a little bit higher. I think the urgency, your mindset's naturally going to change when you're in that ninth inning spot. I think we could go into the offseason feeling pretty good about Wick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, if you can go into the offseason, they're obviously, you know, audition a ton of these guys in the bullpen going forward here. And, you know, in September, especially, but if you can go into, the offseason having a good idea of who some of those key players are and then you let the front office in this pitching infrastructure do the same thing they've done for the last few seasons right yeah. you go out and identify uh some of those free agents that are available some guys that you maybe want to see if you can tinker with and bring back and i i'm at this point i i think it's just an annual tradition brendan that i'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing what 34 plus year old reliever the cubs decide to bring in and get him to produce a you know, two point five ERA season, right? I know we should be looking at the free agent list right now and trying to figure out who that
0: is. I'm sure there's who, a plethora of them.
1: Who is the oldest yeah. and like let's go <laughs> least least suspecting uh, reliever yeah. the Cubs could bring in, and then they're going to trade in only well, 36 plus year olds. Again. Yeah, hopefully that's it, Corey. Hopefully never right. never again for the next at least decade. that's that's how you know we have been treated poorly the last few <laughs> years. My instinct what
0: was to say, "Who we're gonna trade him for?" Not thinking about <laughs> it
1: was, "Oh, let's who? Which relievers are we gonna get to flip <laughs> you, at the deadline?" Like my brain yeah. is broken.
0: You did not because, even skip a beat. That's a, that's the first, and without even thinking about it, that's the first direction you went. I'm sorry, Corey. I had
1: to, to like catch myself. Wait I a know. minute.
0: <laughs> well, so did I. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, "Whoa, this is not right."
1: Wait oh, a minute. Wait. No, that's not what they just do every oh, year. Oh, um, man, can
0: we stop doing this, though, man? Like, come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, anyway. well, the Cubs are really good at it, but yeah, they should stop doing it. Yeah, um, I think so. Bringing those relievers to like pitch in the playoffs for you and win a division for you. That would be nice. Um, another guy, and I, I know you mentioned, uh, but he did have a nice series, uh, was Michael Rucker. You know, not a, a particular particularly exciting uh, set of numbers, perhaps, uh, for the 28-year-old Michael Rucker. Uh, But it was a nice series. And, you know, as we're auditioning these guys, uh, it's always worth sort of checking in with where these guys are at. He's got a 4.25 ERA, uh, but a slightly better 3.79 FIP uh, 7.9 K per nine, 3.34 walk per nine. Again, you know, nothing jumping off the page, but uh, you know, anything you've seen from Rucker, do you think Mm -hmm. he's one of those guys who maybe fits into that spot or is he just kind of one of those middle relief, uh, depth pieces? Well, I think he's a middle relief depth piece, but he's, he's,
0: he's showing the ability recently to have good command. The walk rate is 3.3 batters per nine innings in 2021 last year in AAA, where he spent the majority of the season. uh, He had a walk rate of two batters per nine innings. That's exceptional. That's gone up at the big league level, better hitters, the the pressure is on. Maybe now that's going to start going down. That's kind of why he's had success recently. If you look at, again, similar to what we talked about with Wick, his ability to throw towards the edges, he has five pitch types, which is already unique for a reliever. He has five pitch types that rate above average by about 15% greater than league average at throwing towards the edges. Five pitch types. So if that command continues, he could be that middle relief guy. And like Wick, he's cheap. He's under team control for many years. And that has value when, especially when you see other teams going out and giving up decent prospects for guys the cubs signed later in their career to to kind of have those 6 7 inning roles
1: yeah i think that's fair and uh you, yeah, that's that's going to be in addition to the position player kind of roster crunch uh you know seeing how they continue to use some of these guys uh eric Yeoman had a nice two innings in the game on I like tuesday him. he's good Gave up just one hit, no runs, one walk, no strikeouts, 3.52 ERA, but obviously that's a, a pretty small sample. And then, of course, we talked about uh, how we cursed Mark Leiter Jr. Um, you did, not me, you. Was that me? That was you. I'll take responsibility for that. Yeah, that was your fault. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, and and I, I, that's, that's what this is all for, right? Like Leiter struggled uh, as a starter, obviously, even though he was kind of thrown into some pretty – not great circumstances, making a bunch of spot starts and, you know, things like that. Uh, But he had been pretty solid as, as a reliever in those 31 and a third innings, of course, until I mentioned that, and then he ruined the game on Tuesday. So sorry, everybody. Uh, that's what happens. Uh, I, I texted Cody today actually that uh, all Nick Madrigal needed to get going in this national series was for me four days ago to say that I just don't see him succeeding as a hitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there he goes. He has his best series of the year. So you're welcome, Nick Madrigal. Uh, nice. Anybody else, anybody wants me to you know talk, talk badly about or things like that, um, I'm happy to do it. Um, so... Yeah, and then uh, you know we continue to watch like, but those are the guys who pitched in this series. Brandon Hughes, I mentioned as well, pitched twice in this series. Uh, an inning of work he did give up two runs in the game on Monday uh, but two-thirds of an inning no hits and no runs in the game on Wednesday so you know again like he's getting his his shot here and there's going to be some ups and downs but you're you're hoping that some of these guys stick and I think we're going to continue to see some more of these arms coming up Uh, there's some guys especially in Iowa Brendan that I think are are definitely knocking on the door and worthy of an opportunity so there's likely to be some shuffling here
0: yeah and and that's going to be in the context of like the 40 man crunch as well so the fact that Rowan Wick is having success that Rucker is having success it may give guys currently at AAA more time to develop their pitches because you don't have to stress about Wick or Yulman or Rucker struggling and limiting their exposure and all that. So it's important not just for those big league guys to continue to do well, but it has effects on the younger guys or not even younger, I guess probably around the same age in AAA who continue to need to develop. So it's, it's good to see. I I do want to see some guys get called up though. I mean uh, we've heard about some of these names for a while now. One of them is like Jeremiah Estrada, who's kind of just going through the system pretty fast. Has some interesting stuff. I think by this time, Hopefully, next year, we'll be talking about a bullpen that is mostly driven by a younger group than what we've seen, and there's a lot to be excited about. Another break here from our sponsor, PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more First time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, Email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you did miss it, you can sign up in Illinois. It's now available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app and register your account from start to finish from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700
1: one thing to update about uh from wednesday night wade miley did make another rehab start Mm. for the iowa cubs and he pitched four and two-thirds innings four hits two earned runs one walk and five strikeouts he did all of that on 66 pitches uh you know really the importance there brennan miley is 35 and obviously this season hasn't gone as you would have hoped for the Cubs. He's a free agent in the 2023 season. Uh, But you're going to need guys to pitch these innings, as we've discussed. Not exactly sure if we see Thompson and Steele pitch every fifth day, you know, up until the exact end of this season. Uh, And I suppose we can talk about this a little bit too to get your thoughts on it. But the, the news on Kyle Hendricks does not sound like he is going to... It does not start again this year for the Cubs. Uh at least there, you know, there's not really a rush to do so. Um but you're gonna need people to pitch these innings. And, you know, again, like I, I I think we talked about this with uh Drew Smiley as well, who has that mutual option. Um Miley's contract is different, but you know he he is an effective pitcher at what he does when he's able to stay healthy. And if the Cubs are interested in keeping him around next year for uh, starting pitching depth and just, you know, having those, those options, it's, you know, possible that that's something they look at and, and you'd get uh, a look at him in this last month and a half or so.
0: Yeah, with Kyle, that's <laughs> extremely discouraging, man. Um, I really don't know if you can count on Kyle – to give you consistent innings next year. Uh, that sucks. And that's not even that's that's not even saying, oh, just throw Kyle towards the back of the rotation. I don't even know if you can count on him right now for that. This is a significant yeah. injury, Corey. He's been dealing with this for the majority of the season. So you may have to go into the offseason budgeting that whatever you get from Kyle is a luxury. That is a dramatic, dramatic disappointment. It's not his fault, of course, not saying, oh, I'm disappointing Kyle. It's a disappointment in that, in my mind, I I kind of just projected he would be a consistent staple all the way through his contract. So it will be challenging. You have, of course, to leave the possibility open for Kyle to pitch next season, but you have to balance with the uncertainty and what you go out and do from a free agent point of view to, to make sure that if Kyle can pitch and he can not pitch effectively, then you're prepared for that. I think we all have to go into this. We all have to go into this off kind of prepared that Kyle is not going to be a significant contributor. That's. I'm. It's weird to even say that, but I, I am like deathly scared of this injury right now.
1: Yeah. So the update, uh, I think from Wednesday morning, he had gotten, you know, we had heard of this earlier in the week. And then I think they spoke on the results of the MRI, just showing some inflammation still in there. Uh, It's getting better, but, you know, they they need to rest him. And uh, David Ross said, you know, that they'll reassess in about a week and, and see where he's at. But, you know, you do the timing on that, right? It's August 10th. If they wait another week, and then he would have to begin a throwing program, make you know, multiple rehab starts. The timing just doesn't really work out. And that would all be you know, kind of maybe not rushing it, but doing it on the quickest timeline possible, which doesn't seem necessary, right? Like my thought would be just shut him down. Like what is yeah, the point but of mentally, trying this, right? Mentally
0: though. Mentally that's important for the pitcher to come back. Sure. Right? Yeah, so there's I value in him pitching.
1: So you know, Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with you. I mean, I think that you will obviously look to get him healthy and have him be part of your pitching plans. I would say the thing that I am sure of though, is you cannot count on him. And I'm not saying he couldn't do it right. Uh, you're likely not going to find people who have been more supportive uh, and believers of Kyle Hendricks throughout his career than Brendan and I, so don't take this the wrong way. He could do it, but you cannot build a team for 2023 and count on him right. to be a top contributor in your rotation. You He's just can't the luxury.
0: Do His performance is going to be a luxury next season if you can turn it around. That's That's a shaky
1: realization right. for me. Well, and even, I mean, you know, and just the, the sort of straight up truth, even if he, uh, you know, you weren't thinking about this injury and him having to work back from that, uh, even the performance in 2022, I'm not sure you'd be able to go into 2023 and think that, right? Like as it stands right now, he's got a 4.8 ERA, you yeah. know, and a FIP that's really close to that. There's a lot of uncertainty there, Corey. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, again, like, can he do it? Absolutely. He's, he's very talented and very smart and the exact kind of type of person that you want working with this infrastructure to figure out what can I do, what pitches can I add, what can I change, things like that to you know, be more effective and, and, and make the adjustments that I need to make to get better results. But if, if you're building a team that you have any aim on being competitive, uh, you, you cannot count on him to be one of the significant arms in that rotation, you just can't yeah. do it. It would be irresponsible to do it. I, I I'm blanking on the quote, but I swear Theo said something. Yeah, I know what you're thinking of because
0: I'm, blank, I'm blanking I, I on it too. I don't remember
1: what he was talking about because I'm only it thinking was in the of context of the now. trade. It
0: was on the context of the trade deadline, right? Like 2018, I believe.
1: Something like that. But he yeah. he was talking about something, and and like the, the the almost the exact quote was like, "We would be stupid to count on this," right? Like we'd love to have this happen, but it it would be like irresponsible and stupid for right. us to act what as was though it for? was a certainty is going to happen. I know we're uh, was it Chris we're doing. Bryant? I dude, I don't know. We're doing this live. I would have looked it up beforehand. Um but I, yeah. I know he said something of like that. And that's how I feel about Hendricks, right? Like, you're, you're obviously going to have him around and hope that he can be a part of that. And boy, would that be a nice addition to whatever rotation the Cubs build. But you can't count on it. Yeah, I'm just like stuck on that Theo quote.
0: So that's, I mean, that's where we are. So going into the offseason, they got to go out and make moves to bolster the starting rotation. Now they have several options internally. We're going to have hopefully Caleb Killian come up in the next few weeks here. Hopefully, uh, recent addition, Hayden Wisniewski gets an opportunity. Those are two guys that can complement Stroman, Steele, uh, uh, Thompson. Those are five pitchers right there. Adrian Sampson is still under team control. That's six guys. And then the thinking is, you go out, you make a nice splash, whether it be through free agency. Although right now, I'm kind of not feeling that's a possibility. Although Shamanaya is a free agent, Jameson Tyone is a free agent. So there's guys on the market that are interesting, but uh, you know, they're gonna have to go out and think I think make a splash. And that might be in the form of of a trade. This is all to say that they have the depth to sustain Kyle's injury. Just as a fan, mentally, I'm preparing myself to it's it's bizarre to say Corey. Like I like Kyle's kind of like an afterthought right now. It kind of has to be an afterthought.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just unfortunately uh, where we are. So before we preview this, uh, you know, interesting series coming up with the Cincinnati Reds, of course, the the schedule has a game on Thursday in Iowa and then two games over the weekend in Cincinnati uh, with an off day on Friday. Um, I did, you know, you have not been on uh, any of the CHGO Cubs shows since the Cubs signed Franmil Reyes, so I wanted to get your thoughts on that signing. Obviously, he has a nice game on Wednesday, uh, going two for four there and then he also had an RBI in the game on Tuesday, uh in that seventh inning singles parade that the Cubs had. Uh thoughts on that? I you know, I mean I I I think it's uh, certainly something worth exploring, but anything you're particularly interested there? He's a massive person, man.
0: The the first time I saw him, I'm like, is is this Framo uh, uh, Reyes? This 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 guy is a complete Powerhouse, and you—I mean, you got you and Luke made fun of the batting practice stuff, but <laughs> I mean, I kind of like the batting practice stuff. I think I think that's fun. I think it does kind of tell you just like their natural raw power. So in 2019, he hit 37 home runs. Uh, 2021, just last season, hit 30 home runs. Even during that make-believe COVID season, uh, he had nine home runs in, in 241 plate appearances. So the the power's there. This year, for whatever reason, the strikeouts and the whiff rate was way too much. And Cleveland, being kind of in that playoff picture, just couldn't afford that risk. This season, his whiff rate is uh, 36%. It's actually similar to what it was in 2020. And honestly, it's not that far off from 2019 when it was 35%. It's just the whiffs have been too much with the... Lack of relative power, nine home runs in 284 plate appearances. So I don't know why. I don't know why the power hasn't been up to his recent standards, although it's still pretty high. Uh, but I'm into the idea, like really into this idea. He's under team control, relatively cheap. He also has two options, Corey. Um, you know, I don't know if that's ever in the plans, given their depth and 40-man issues or whatever you want to deal with that, but that is a possibility. And I think it's 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 interesting. I'm into the idea.
1: Uh, I figured out the quote. You did? So it. I'm, I'm also into the idea of Mill Reyes. I, I think yeah. it's a good but signing. But you were just ignoring
0: like, me trying to find the quote. I get it.
1: Yes. I, yeah. I, no, I was listening, but I needed okay. to find this quote. It was going to eat me up inside if I didn't find All it. All right, let's hear it. Uh do you want to take one more guess as to who Theo Epstein was talking about when he said we were close on the exact quote but the sentiment was correct?
0: Uh was the year, give me a one hand was a year correct 2018? Yes, it was. Uh but, 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 was it in the context of the infield? That's my no. last no. I don't know no. the bullpen. Who what, what, what was it?
1: Uh so here is here here are the quotes. You can't be overly reliant on somebody who hasn't been able to be healthy and perform this year. At the same time, you track the rehab closely because, you, because you've got to anticipate what he might be able to give you. Sunday was his best day in a long time. He threw very well and felt pretty good. You factor it in. But if you put yourself in a position to overly rely on something that hasn't been dependable to this point, and it doesn't come through, it's probably more on you than the face. Who was that? You Darvish.
0: Was it you, Darvish? He was Corey? talking about
1: you, Darvish. Well, look at look yeah. at look at that
0: comparison. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go.
1: And I, you know, on, I didn't remember that it was also a pitcher. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a similar sentiment. <laughs> it the is situations are sentiment. obviously vastly different. But I knew I remembered him saying something like that and that's how I feel about Kyle Hendricks. It's like this sa- I mean, in,
0: not the same exact situation, but it's very similar with the injury trajectory.
1: It's interesting that I remembered it as him saying we'd be stupid too. But the the, 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 the quote I was really referencing is uh, if it doesn't come through, it's probably more on you than the fates. And that's that's how I feel about Kyle Hendricks right now, right? Yeah, like, you, you can hope he's there. You can track it. You can follow it. And you can believe, even, that he's going to be able to contribute in a meaningful way. But you can't depend on it. And if so, you do and it doesn't work, you're stupid. then that's on you. In this case, it would be Jed Hoyer and not Theo Epstein. Um, I don't think—no offense to Jed, but I don't think— he has such a way with words. That's such he a does. good quote. He's a wordsmith. Isn't his <laughs> yeah. family,
0: like his twin brothers, a, a novelist or a writer or something like that? So it's in the genes. I,
1: that I don't know, but I, I it's just such a good quote. And uh, I, I don't know that Jed would have such an eloquent way of no, I don't uh, so. phrasing that. But we'll see if they make similar decisions or not or otherwise but anyway we can move on to getting ready for this series with the reds
0: thursday is the field of dreams game quarry. 6 15 p.m we have smiley pitching for the cubs four and six a 3.97 era lodolo for cincinnati he's three and three a 4.4 era pat hughes will be calling that game just another reminder looking forward to that Introduction. What a matchup for Fox that pitching (laughs) matchup. Congratulations, everybody. Well, that's what you get. Um, Jerseys will be cool, though. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Off day Friday, kind of weird, but uh, travel day. Back to Cincinnati. Adrian Sampson pitching for the Cubs that Saturday, 5.40 p.m. start time. He's 0-3 with a 3.83 ERA. He'll be facing Ashcraft for the Reds, who is 5-2, a 3.94 ERA. Then to finish off this three-game set... Early afternoon starts Sunday, 12:40 p.m. done on the mound for the Reds. He's 0-1, a 5.79 ERA. Keegan getting the ball this day. He's 9-5, a 3.36 ERA. If you're into the standings at the bottom of the division, draft pick standings, if you will, who is not right? We're getting used to this. Uh, The Reds are 44 and 66. The Cubs are 45 and 65. So the Cubs are one game back. of the higher draft pick, if you want to call it that. So, you know, Cub, however you want, as Luke will say, but this series it's you got to have fun, I guess, with the Field of Dreams game. If you want to be more serious with it, uh, how they get Fran Mill in the lineup, I'm, very curious about Zach McKinstry. I, I like his profile. I'm not confident he's going to be a guy, but I'm interested nonetheless. I'm very, very interested what they do with Wisdom. If he continues to get more looks at first base, Christopher Murrell, if he's, is he going to play center field more because Ortega has been doing bad? Is he going to go to third base in order to give uh Wisdom, more chances at first base, and I'll be monitoring the AAA roster. Frank is on the AAA roster. Uh, how is merbis doing? I'm, I'm dialed in on that first base situation. So there's still a lot going on, even though uh, this series is kind of a reminder that uh, it's two last place teams.
1: Yeah, so uh, on the game on Thursday night, that game is on Fox. If you were looking to watch that, uh, that is the place to watch the Field of Dreams game. Uh, and yeah, I mean, for me, over the course of these three games, like, just please stop letting Ortega bat lead off. It's That's just not a good use of time. Um, d- don't do that anymore. So that's really what I'm looking for. Same stuff. I mean, who's playing where? Uh, would love to see, you know, one of the guys in Franmil or uh, Zach McKinstry, you know, really kind of catch fire and make things interesting as we head into the offseason here. Uh, you know, so that all obviously starts now. And, you know, just hoping tomorrow, like, you know, the game on Thursday night is fun, right? Like, you know, I wish that this was a a situation where both of the teams were better and this was a hotly contested matchup or something like that. You know, that's okay. It's not. Uh, But, you know. It's a cool presentation, unique, a little bit different, obviously than what we're watching on a daily basis. So, hopefully, something to have fun with. Uh, but yeah, that's I think what Brendan and I have for you as a reminder later on Thursday at 5:30 Central Time or thereabouts. Luke and Cody will have your pregame show for the CHGO Cubs channel on YouTube, and they will be joined by our guy Ryan Herrera, who will be coming to you live. Not from beautiful, historic Wrigley Field, but is it beautiful, historic Iowa? I don't know. It's historic, Maybe. and it is beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty right. beautiful.
0: Can, yeah, yeah, sure. Why the not? beautiful,
1: historic Field of dream site in Iowa. Go. Our guy Ryan Herrera will be there live. They'll have post postgame for you as well. Brendan and I will be back with you on Sunday after the Cubs finish up this three-game series with the Reds. Remember, both teams off traveling to Cincinnati on Friday. As always, thank you for your support of CHGO and the CHGO Cubs podcast. Of course, sponsored by PointsBet. Use that code CHGO when you sign up. We will talk to you again soon. And as always, go Cubs.